and welcome to another fabulous episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier, here with Jeremy Gregory. Hola, amigos. And Billy Holiday. Whoa, I, I'm completely thrown off. I do not have another <laughs> foreign language. Uh, hello. <laughs> you got a few weeks to work on it for next time, but I think that's okay. Uh, this week we are going to talk about Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap for the Sega Master System uh, and the recent remake of that game. But before we get to it, Jeremy, what have you been playing since last time? Well, um, I've kind of played a few things, I think, since the last time we actually got together. Um, uh, God, what did I play? Uh what remains of Edith Finch? Uh, if you've uh, if you enjoy your walking simulators, I know we've kind of talked about those games on here before. Kind of a love hate relationship uh, for a lot of people with those kinds of games. But um, if you enjoy those types of games like Firewatch or, or Gone Home, uh, it's it's a really great game to sit down with for I think it's like the, like three hours long. I mean it, it it's it's worth it. Uh, just one of the the best ones I've played. It's probably not as good as Firewatch in my book, but if you like your, yourself a good depressing game uh, that's all about death, and you just you're just not feeling great about your <laughs> about your life or anything like that, and you just want to sit down and be like, oh god, everything's shit. Uh, play that game. Uh, that, that is a a great game to. Uh, just kind of sit down and and think about things. Really, it's not overbearing or anything like that. It's, it's very, um, it does a very good job in in how it presents uh, the tone of the game. It's not overly depressing or anything like that. But um, really, just a just a great walking simulator and a, a great story overall. But I think the main thing I've been playing lately is the uh, the prey and the new prey game. And uh, about the best thing I can say about that is if you really liked uh, Bioshock. And System Shock 2, then you have found uh, your new favorite game because this is essentially um, more of an homage to uh, to System Shock 2 than anything. This is a a very modern take on on that game. If you ever played uh, System Shock 2, it's very sci-fi, very um, inventory driven. Uh, you're walking around a space station; everything's kind of off and weird. And this is that is prey to a T. It is is incredibly fun. Uh, just every area you can just sit and explore. You know, I, I can sit and explore every area for like an hour or more, and find neat little things here and there. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's a very well done game. I my worst complaint about it is maybe the combat isn't so great, but everything else about that game, I, I would recommend to anyone that that maybe the rest of the Bioshock series after Bioshock Two wasn't exactly what they wanted. Maybe they wanted more. Or if you wanted a System Shock 2 sequel and you never got that, well, I pray is essentially that. I heard a lot of good things about it, but it, you know, it's another one of those things where I was like, yeah, I'll get to that eventually. Because I found myself falling back into the trap where I've bought way too many games that I don't have the time to finish, uh, which is mainly because I buy games that are going to take too long. I don't, I, you know, I like I, I bought, I got Uncharted 4 with the the PlayStation. That's probably the shortest game that I've bought other than like, you know, a $10 indie game. So I'm, I've all I've been doing is playing Persona Five. That's it. Nothing but Persona Five um, on on my actual PS4. Um, I, I I bought the remake of Wonder Boy, uh, the Dragon's Trap, so we could talk about it today. Um, but other than that, the only other thing I've been playing is I found a new podcast called Eaten by a Gru, and it's uh, about the old Infocom games. So then I downloaded the Lost Treasures of Infocom. Uh, for my phone, and I've been playing a whole lot of Infocom text games, uh, which are games oh, that I'm man. sure uh, would drive everybody else on the planet insane, and I can't finish any of them. I mean, I don't feel so bad, 
because uh, because the podcast is basically them saying, yeah, yeah, no, we had to look this up all up. I don't know how we would have figured this out before, but but they give it a good try before they get to that point. And, and so I'll play along and, and try to figure out, oh, I'm going to figure this game out. And I'm I'm literally, you know, they tell you after you die, like how how far you are in a game or whatever. And, and I can't get past like 10 percent on any of those games. I, I just I, I like to feel real dumb once in a while. So these are helping me out with that. I <laughs> those are impossible even now. I, I just can't imagine play. I've seen them. You know, those were kind of. I didn't play computer games back when I was a kid. You know, I think the the earliest uh, console I played was the uh, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. But as far as PC games, I never got into those. And the text based adventure games, those seem just like you you were just slamming your head against a wall nonstop. And and I just I don't think I could do those. Which is maybe a teaser for the game that's coming up uh, on the next podcast. But at least that has some visuals going along with it. These text based ones, I just can't imagine what you had to do to get past those well even now i can't i mean I, as a kid we i had a handful of them i know i had the hitchhiker's guide and i had uh, leather goddesses of phobos and then i had a bunch of off-brand ones that weren't infocom but i i had played zork because it was on one of the, the computers at school and never got far in that i mean all those games are are they expect you to have drawn out maps and have tried a million things i mean you know once you know how to finish those games you can plow through them in 15 20 minutes but it's it's learning what to do each step, trying to figure out what to do for the next step on my own feels like it takes me hours to figure out what one one command that would be get me to the next step would be. Uh, in a way, I really like it. It's kind of refreshing to play those sort of games again. Uh, but uh, again, buying it for a collection where the entire collection is ten dollars as opposed to paying what thirty forty dollars a game is is also a nice call. So I don't mind that at all. Uh, but but it's definitely keeping me busy. But uh, Billy, what have you been playing? I, I've still I've still been on that switch. I'm working that switch pretty hard uh mario kart i've been online a lot with it lately and, and enjoying that runs pretty smooth uh zelda i'm still i abandoned uh the the divine beast i was trying to to beat uh before and, and found another one that that matches up with my iq level a little better i think so i'm enjoying that that game again after a brief frustration but i, I got on a, a very a strange kick for a while there and, and downloaded several games i picked up mortal kombat 10 because for some reason, one night I wanted to play a Mortal Kombat game. And I, <laughs> I mean, I got it for pretty cheap too, so I, I played through it, and it, that was a good hour or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very enjoyable. Uh, but yeah, that and I picked up that that Rayman Legends, and I, I've been playing through that, and and forgot how much I, I enjoyed that franchise. I just Rayman just completely exited my mind for many years there uh, until I just saw this one while I was browsing through the store and I've been playing that the majority of the last few days yeah that game's excellent I, I bought that one it was new uh, and loved it I loved it a lot when, and that, that's one that when it came out it, it came out a little early with like a demo and the demo gave you almost like a a free level that changed every day to see how you could do against the rest of the world. I, I thought that mm-hmm. was pretty fun too. I don't know if that's on yeah. the, the, the current version now, but that was like the kind of thing I was like, do I even need to buy the full game? Cause I'm having fun with this every day without it, but uh, the, the full game, well worth it. An excellent game. Which, uh, which, which divine beast got the best of you? Was it that camel one? It was the camel one. I had to go oh. to the fly. I went to the flying one and you know, that was 20 minutes and he was down that camel one though. I'm going to have to, I, I'll come back to that last i believe yeah that's that's what i had to do i i managed to do that one last and um no wait i didn't i i I did that second to last and i did the the lizard one last the one that's in the volcano and i 
as soon as I did the lizard one, I was like, man, I should have did that camel one last because that the lizard one was way easy uh, compared to the uh, that camel. That camel is is just a bitch. But um, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what made the camel so difficult. I mean, I, I'm I know it was hard. I mean, it's definitely the hardest of the four. But now I can't remember exactly which thing I got stuck in in there. I, I, it's got like three or four independently spinning midsections. Oh yeah, okay. Now I remember. Well, I ended up. I don't. Know, I kind of feel like I cheesed that one a little bit. Uh, cause I did too. I, I I had the um uh the the bird power. Yeah, you yeah. Jump really high, and I totally cheesed a, a few of those. And if you if I didn't have that, I don't know. I I would have totally skipped it too. Yeah, I must have done the same thing because I was like, I know I kind of like. I was like, yeah, that got to me at the end, but there's no way that was the intended way to beat this. But oh well, move on. <laughs> it lets you do it. Well, you that, know, and that was one of the totally, things I really liked about that. If you want to do it that way, it, it's just it's totally fine with letting you do it. Yeah, that, that's that's the best. In my opinion, that's the best thing about that game. I liked it start to finish. It was fun, but I liked that it was kind of like, well, if we let you do it, then then go for it. If you yeah. can find a way to break this, go to town. And and I, I mm-hmm. enjoyed that. Well, this week's game uh, didn't really give you too many ways to break the system, uh, but uh, still a classic in many ways. Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap for the Sega Master System. this game going in i had a sega master system and i had uh just a just scant number of games for it alex kid uh rocky uh, rambo uh, some reason some heavy uh, sylvester stallone games but <laughs> I, 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 I had no idea about this one and uh so i was i was excited to play it um and it is a, a jeremy p childhood game so that <laughs> that comes with a a, a word of warning <laughs> as i say every time we review one of them i say another piece of the puzzle has fallen but i i will have to see if i was pleasantly surprised with this one or not i was the same way i i didn't own a sega master system myself as a kid you know i i would always look on at it at toys r us and be like that's weird you know that's got some neat looking games uh, you know you were talking about um sylvester stallone the, the best rambo game by far oh it's excellent uh, uh, probably the best Akari Warriors uh, home console game that's ever been made uh, at, into a Rambo game. But uh, I, I never actually owned a Master System, and I only knew about Wonder Boy um, just in passing. And I think the only time I ever kind of played it was in that uh, Sonics collection uh, for the 360. I, you, I think you've got to play it for a second to get a get an achievement or a trophy. And I was trying to uh, to get all of them and, and I played it maybe for a couple of minutes to get that. I don't even think it was Wonder Boy 3. I think it was just another one that was on the collection. But I had never actually heard of it. And Jeremy mentioned it and I noticed that it actually had a, a remaster um that had come out. So I was like, yeah, you know, let's let's try this. You know, we can see, you know, how how it is. You know, if it's good enough to to have a remaster, I'm genuinely down with it for for trying it at least because it's it's gotta have something to it that's that's awesome. That's carried over for like 30 years 
uh, to to warrant uh, that kind of uh, effort put into it. Yeah, the remaster is excellent. Uh, I mean, as far as the quality of a remaster, whether or not you like the game uh, will will depend. You know, the, the game has not changed, but the graphics are are definitely upgraded. The sound is upgraded, but the actual game itself literally is is the same game with this layer built on top of it that looks and sounds a lot nicer. Uh, and there are a few minor changes. Uh, we're generally going to talk about the game as if we were all playing it on the Master System, even though I know we're all playing it on this uh, this remaster. So there are some minor differences. I'll point them out if we need to talk about them. But generally, the remaster is a very, very accurate version of the original game, including letting you go back to the original graphics and original sound, which is how I played this the whole way through because I love the graphics and sound of this original game. I think the remake, the remaster has some wonderful graphics and, and the sound is, is fine. Uh, but the, the original as it is built is, is what I remember. I had played this, uh, both the, the original game is on the Sega master system. And I had a friend with the Sega master system and, and, this was one of the games that we never really bothered playing with too often because he didn't like it. And there was one sleepover where, like, you know, he was doing his own thing or he fell asleep or whatever, and I started playing this. And I, I, was, I was like, this game's amazing. Why have you never played this? And he's like, I don't know. I didn't really like it. I don't care for it. And, and I hadn't gotten very far. I maybe got to the, the one of the first transformations. And a couple years later, after I got my Turbo Graphics, uh, we, we picked up a game called Dragon's Curse. And it's the exact same game. It's not the, the case where they ripped it off. I mean, it's... It's a game they had the license to run again, but they couldn't put Wonder Boy on it because it wasn't a Sega system, so they just called it Dragon's Curse and re-released it. It's the exact same game with some better graphics, and, and the sound is slightly different because it's a different system that it's on, but it's still the same tunes, same songs, just kind of through a different uh, a different chip. But it's it's the same game one-to-one, so at that point I was like, oh my god. So I've played this game through on, you know, I've, I have played it through on the Master System, I have played it through on the Turbo Graphics many times, and then again on this, this remaster. Uh, Knowing that and not spoiling anything since I even said, I think, last episode, this is one of my favorite 8-bit games of all time. It's definitely my favorite Sega Master System game, but it's it's one of the top 10. Like, if I had to throw all my other games away and only keep 10 games, this game would definitely be on that list. And I felt, uh, I'm glad they put out a remaster so there was more people playing this. Because I think a lot of people skipped over it because it was never on a Nintendo property. And the Wonder Boy series itself is kind of a weird series. I, I think before we actually talk about this game, I just want to do a brief look at the whole series of Wonder Boy games, uh, just because it, it kind of branches off and has some weird paths. And, and this isn't even going to be correct. I'm gonna be, I mean, it's going to be correct, but there's a lot I'm leaving out. Uh, so the original Wonder Boy is an arcade game that was made that was also ported to the Master System, and that was the first Wonder Boy game I played. If you've never played the original Wonder Boy, it was ported to the Nintendo and changed, because again, they can't use the name Wonder Boy, it's not a Sega system, as Hudson's Adventure Island. So if you've played Hudson's Adventure Island, the very first Wonder Boy game is that with different, like a different main character. That's really weird. I mean, was was Wonder Boy supposed to be um, Sega's original mascot? Was was he the Sonic before Sonic? Uh, Alex Kidd was their their mascot Alex before Kidd, that's Sonic. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, um, but Wonder Boy was still. I mean, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's on the same scale of Zelda or, or Metroid, but it was definitely one of the characters that was part of the Sega library and their their roster of characters. So the, the Wonder Boy's fine, but it plays exactly like uh, Adventure Island here. If, if you'd never played those, it's almost like an auto side scroller from right to left. You have a built-in time limit to the game because your life slowly goes down as you play the game unless you pick up fruit items to keep it going. You go through four levels. There's a boss. All the bosses are almost exactly the same like JJ and Jeff was. And then, you, you know, you finish your 32 levels of the game and it ends. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fun. 
Uh, again, for compared to going from Atari and television, ColecoVision, this was a pretty impressive game. It's a it's an early Sega Master System game, but it it's not one you'll want to run out today and pick up if you don't remember it. Um, so they put out a, a sequel to that that was in the arcade as well, and also the Master System called Wonder Boy and Monsterland. It's very similar to what this game does, but it's not as refined. So I don't want to get into that game too too much, except that this game starts exactly where Wonder Boy and Monsterland ends. I mean, literally the last boss of Wonder Boy and Monsterland is the first boss you fight in the intro to this game, and it goes from there. So that that's a direct sequel to Wonder Boy and Monsterland. There's actually two Wonder Boy threes. There's Wonder Boy three Monster Lair that came out in the arcades uh, in 1988, and that was never ported to a uh, to the Sega Master System. It was put out though on the uh, Sega Mega Drive and also on the TurboGrafx 16. It came out as a game which is called Monster Lair. It's much much more like the original Wonder Boy. Except that at the end of each level, you like jump on a monster and fly around. It becomes a shooter. Oh. But it's still totally different from this. It's it's like the Wonder Boy Monster Land kind of took the idea of making making this this character kind of a Metroidvania style thing, and then Wonder Boy Three went back to no no let's make this much more of an arcade linear style game. So then for the Master System exclusively, uh, they released Wonder Boy Three: The Dragon's Trap. Uh, at the same time, same development people too. So it's not even like it was the deal where they they licensed this property out to two different Wonder Boy threes. They just made a three for the arcade and a three for homes. And the home system game is the one we're going to talk about today, uh, which is Wonder Boy three: The Dragon's Trap. It starts out uh, almost like any any adventure game, sort of. You know, you're 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 wa- you're, you're going into the last castle. You're fully powered up. You're going to fight this boss you've been trying to take down. You know, quote since the start of time or whatever, and uh, and that's the Mecha Dragon. Uh, which was the, probably, I mean, you have enough life to make it so it's almost impossible to die, but mechanically, he's probably the hardest boss in the game to try not to get hit and fight. <laughs> yeah, he kind of is. Uh, I mean, he can hit you a million times, but he barely does any damage, and eventually you'll, you'll whittle him down, take him out, and, uh, and after you, you take out this dragon, instead of being happy because you've, you've defeated the mecha dragon forever, uh, this, this cursed flame comes out of him, flies around the room, and eventually hits you, uh, turning you into a lizard man. It takes away all your great items, uh, leaving you with some weak swords, shields, and armor. It takes all your health down, except uh, from, from, what, eight or nine health bars down to one. Uh, and, and you have to then escape from this castle that's falling apart uh, and escape these monsters in an incredibly weakened state as a lizard man uh, to figure out what to do next. And that's, that's about as far as I had gotten when I first played this at my friend's house. I got through this part, and I, I, got, I turned into lizard man, and I wandered around the town, and, and I kind of, like, realized what kind of game it was. And then that's all I got to do that night. That was it. And, and I was hooked from then on. I mean, it was this... At this point, did you guys decide this is, this is interesting? Or did you say, Jeremy, you've got some terrible taste in games and we're tired of dealing with you? <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was a, an extremely interesting way to start a game. Uh, you don't really see... So, I mean, you, there's the usual. You start off with nothing, you progress up, and then you're... You, superpowered by the end of it but it was very fresh take to see it uh kind of in the reverse and i guess it leaves you hopeful for what you what you may be uh how you may be powered up towards the end but yeah this this beginning here really it really did pull me in and i I have to say my biggest difficulty with this game i i I tried my best to play it with the, the the original graphics but this is just a beautiful game the 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 remake of it uh, the, the art style of it and it, it was hard to keep it on that original but i did i did the best i could i i've rolled maybe 50 percent of the game i mean i was i was kind of the same way I, i'm sure we'll we'll get to talking about the uh you know the remaster and and how it's a little bit different here in a bit but as far as like um just 
how it starts, you know, I can kind of see why your friend wasn't really into it because it, if you were just expecting a, a straight up platformer, you, you kind of get it when it very first starts, you know, you're fighting the, you're going through the castle, you're fighting the mecha dragon. But after that, you know, it kind of starts you in this, this little village. It's, it's not telling you where you need to go. Um, it, it's, it's very open-ended at that point. And if you're not expecting that, then it can be, it, it's kind of weird. You know, and and it kind of put me off to it at, at the very at the very first because I didn't know what kind of game this was. Uh, I was just going off of uh, the pictures of, of the remaster because I was like, man, this looks really beautiful, and it is, but it doesn't go, it doesn't really explain what kind of game this is, and I wasn't expecting the the kind of Metroidvania, the very basic Metroidvania that it is. So when it dropped me in that very first village, I was just like, what, what am I supposed to do? Where do I go? You know, there's there's so many different places uh, that you can start off to try to explore. And I, I just didn't know where to go. And that would be something that kind of bothered me for the rest of the game. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say right now that I love this game. I'm, I'm not going to shit on this game uh, too much at all besides some of the, the stuff that's just, you know, it's an old game and, and that's kind of what the, the remaster is. But... Yeah, I mean, from the beginning, I just I wasn't quite sure what I was supposed to do. So I can totally see why people may kind of be put off to it. Well, yeah, it definitely has the that same uh, early Metroidvania not telling you anything. It's it's trial and error. I mean, even the original Metroid, you can kind of go many different directions. But as soon as you're in the wrong place, either there's a jump you can't make or things kill you instantly. Like just the, the background does damage to you or there's. Uh, you know, swimming or something you can't do. This does the very same thing where it's like you you do start in that little village after the intro piece is over and you can go really only to three different places that matter. There's a, a, little, a lot of little hidden places you can wander through and find some, you know, you can find the store, you can find the nurse uh, who will heal you for money. You will find um, like a, a, a little place that just takes you to a chest that gives you another health point almost immediately, which is nice. But after that, there's really three places that you can go to. One is an underwater section that leads to a beach that has um, almost like two tiers. There's the above water section and the below water section. Um, and then there's also, if you go up the tower in town, it takes you to a desert area that you can go left or you can go right. And if you go right, you go towards a volcano. If you go left, you can go towards what eventually takes you to some pyramids. But you would have to just explore and figure out where to go. And, and at least of those three areas, the beach itself and the desert are very, very doable. You're not overpowered there or you're not uh, being overpowered there. You're not having to hit things 25 times to get through them. You could go either direction and kind of think you're going the right way. The volcano section, uh, again, up the tower and to the right, is much, much harder. Things are taking three or four hits to kill at the beginning. Some later things in the level, if you get there that early, if you can manage to survive that far, uh, will we'll take 10 or 11 hits to kill, and that's, that's going to kill you most of the time before you have a chance. It definitely lets you go and try to get through certain spots uh, more than most other Metroidvania-style games do uh, before it really just says, okay, you can't go this way. There's definitely some things you can't get to yet, uh, but there are enough paths that it, it doesn't totally streamline where you have to go. Yeah, and and I there is there's an illusion of choice in, in this game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if you're a greater skill level than me, you can go to some of those other spots. But yeah, I, I found out pretty it it corralled me where I needed to go pretty quickly, which which I appreciated because, like Jeremy said at the beginning, I was pretty lost. I mean, I, I stuck around with this one because uh, you know Jeremy P had a lot of good to say about it. 
Um, and that still means something to me, I'll add. Jeremy P's opinion <laughs> is still of some value. Uh, so yeah, I stuck to it, but yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, without being linear, I, I think it was just the right touch of, I felt like I had choices, but I was kind of being pushed in a certain direction, which I, which I actually appreciated. Yeah. And that was, I, I think I just kind of lucked into the beach. Uh, the first thing myself, uh, there's really no end game to the beach besides getting to a store at the very end of it. But, uh, the very first thing I noticed when going to the beach was um, I fell into the the water and I instantly thought that, well, I'm dead. Um, but what this game uh, w- would have probably blown my mind as a kid is like when you fall into that pit or when you fall into the water, you just you, you go a screen below and you're now in the water and, you, you know, you don't die from it. You're just in a whole new section. Uh, which would eventually, uh, towards the end of the game, turn into uh, where you have to go into the ghost ship. Uh, so, the, I mean, this game was, it, it really did uh, some some amazing stuff for back in the day, uh, really ahead of its time, uh, that would have probably just uh, just blown my mind as a kid. I, I Like I said, when I fell, to, even today, when I fell into that water, I was like, holy shit, there's something underneath here that I can go to. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of parts, a lot of hidden parts of this game or parts that you'll return you do a lot of backtracking which a lot of people don't care for backtracking but the overall map for this game is not that big it seems big at the time because you're going through all these new areas and it seems overwhelming at first you really kind of put it together but the map is not that big so to have to do a little bit of backtracking and you you only have to do backtracking I'd say the game is basically one big map within some you know the smaller dungeon maps kind of branch off of it you don't have to go back into the old dungeons generally uh, but the the gen- the world map as a whole, you will do some back and forth uh, until you end up at the you know the branch of that map that will lead you to the eventual temple. Oh, actually, there was a point to go through the beach. That's to get a key. Uh, along with you know, you'll find some shops and some other ways you can earn um, to upgrade your character. Along with getting more health, which is a, a universal upgrade that's always helpful. You can find other swords, shields, armors, and some special items that will help you. Uh, in your quest to take out these dragons. The the whole point of the game is to go and find other dragons that you'll you'll then take out who eventually give you the I think it's called like the Salamander Cross, uh, which will let you turn back into a human. The whole point of the game is to 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 become human again now that you've taken out the mecha dragon, now you can kill these other dragons, uh, turn back into a human and, and hooray everyone's you know happy again in Monster World. start the game after the intro piece with the weakest sword shield and armor and there are shops hidden around the world uh, that you can find that will give you betters for all those things what the game doesn't tell you is uh, what you'll find out after 
the first boss you come to, you earn other forms in this game as well. So you're not just a dragon the whole time. You you turn into a, a mouse man and a fish man, all these other things that happen. Uh, but the weapons and the swords and shields, uh, sword shields and armor all have different stats depending on what form you're in at the time. So you may have a great sword for when you're, you know, let's say mouse man. And then when you have to switch up to what they call Piranha Man later on in the game, that sword may no longer be any good. The, the, the shield may not it may only give you like 10 points of, of defense where there are special shields for being underwater that give you 100 points of defense. You have to pay attention to that to really maximize the benefit. But it's also why my best rule is if there is a new sword and shield, even if it's weaker than what you have right now, just buy it because there's a good chance you're going to have another form later that it's going to be better than the, the, the things you're wearing now or a very specific reason to have them uh, that you don't have it yet. And there's not that many. You can see on your inventory screen there's there's 10 of each. Uh, you're not going to need to go out and find 200 swords and it's you don't have to optimize them. It's You know, you get a sword, you keep it, you switch to it at will. There's no big deal. Um, but that that's the main things you'll do to upgrade your character. The other things that you'll find as you kill characters is special one-use items, uh, fireballs, tornadoes, lightning, boomerangs, and uh, I think that's it. Oh, an arrow that shoots straight up. So you can find a lot of these items as you kill monsters. And for a while, I, I stockpiled them. I was afraid to use them. But when you die in this game, you lose. You, you'll keep all the money you've earned. You keep any items you've bought. But any of the items you find that are the fireballs, whatever, you lose all those things and you end up back at the town. So it's one of those deals where it's like if you're already losing, just use those items. Use whatever you can to keep going because if you die, you're going to lose all of them anyway. And I don't know, even though I knew that, I still was like, oh, I want to save up these fireballs. What if I need them later? And I, I'd never end up using them. By the time I was really in desperate need of those items, I was well too far along uh, to, to have them any left because I'd already died several times. I instinctively hoard Horde things. Yeah, I did the exact same thing. And I uh after after I I learned that yeah, you're you're not holding on to these things. I, I tried to use them a little bit more, but I, I don't know what it is. I just I've been conditioned by these games to just hold on to these because, you know, at, at towards the end you're gonna need it. Uh I tried to get myself out of that, but I just I I can't do it. When when did this game actually come out? What year was it? Nineteen eighty nine. 1989 okay for sega master system i guess i guess so um it, it kind of blew me away that you know that it, it had all this stuff for being a sega master system game you not only do you have the kind of metroidvania light game and and inventory system and and shops and all this stuff um but you know all of that and uh also how every fucking sword and, and shield and armor you buy has a different effect depending on what uh, creature you're transformed in at, at the time is kind of crazy. And then at, at, be, at the beginning, I didn't understand that. Um, you know, you were talking about how, how all those uh, has different stats depending. It actually kind of tells you, but I wasn't paying attention. Uh, but, you know, the, the swords and all that stuff, they, they do have different stats depending on, on what you pick. And, and I finally figured that one out. But I did totally do what Billy did with the items as far as, like, hoarding them. And, you know, as far as kind of being ahead of its time, it's also kind of doing a roguelike thing mm -hmm. uh, with letting you keep your money and, and, and stuff like that that you find when you die. But you do lose all of those items. And... There are a few of those items that I would kind of consider garbage, but then there's like one or two that I would say are just like almost required to make it through that game. And uh, it's it, those are the ones that are the hardest 
uh, to, to find in the whole game. So once I figured out what those were, I, I kind of started to realize, you know, these are the ones I need to save uh, and, and the other ones I can just kind of uh, use whenever. Uh, but the, that was generally what I did with the items. Once I figured out which ones were kind of in, uh, disposable, which ones kind of dropped the most, uh, I would use those when I needed to. But the ones that were kind of hard to find and, and more rare, I, I would save those when I when I really needed them. Yeah, the, of the five items, I mean, the one that the, the lightning bolts hit everything on the screen, those are always good. Those are always nice to have. They don't do a whole lot of damage, but especially in some of the areas where you've got to make some questionable jumps uh, around items, around enemies, it's well worth having those. The boomerangs are gold. I didn't realize how great those were. I mean, up until this playthrough for this podcast, I didn't realize how amazing the boomerangs were because they're boomerangs. So if you throw them in front of you and you actually get them to come back and catch them, they, they don't go away from your inventory. You can, if you have two of them, you can shoot two of them at a time and you essentially can just slowly trudge your way through a hallway full of bad guys and hit them over and over again with these boomerangs. And unlike a lot of the other attacks, there's a lot of enemies when you, you go to hit them, they'll either jump away or they'll throw rocks or whatever when you hit them the first time. The boomerangs hit them fast enough and often enough that that never comes up. And you can just, just literally becomes almost a shooter at that point. Uh, as long as you can catch those boomerangs again at the other end. But they are fairly rare, and uh, and it's always the worst when you think you've hit one. And then you, you jump to like get over an, an enemy throwing something at you, and you realize you just lost your boomerang the saddest day. Uh, especially towards the end of the game, there's definitely a few hallways where without boomerangs, you're just like, oh my god, this is painful, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just tank it. I'm just gonna run as fast as I can, and just see if I can get all these guys behind me before I get to the end of the room. Yeah, I'd say like the boomerangs are, for me anyway, uh, my playthrough, I, I absolutely had to, to have the, the, the boomerangs to beat the game. Like those seem almost required to me. Uh, the lightning was, was second best. You know, it was nice to kind of throw out there and, and hit everything on the screen at once. But, you know, you've also got the, uh, I think it's like the tornado. You get that one, it seems like the most. Uh, it, when you kill an enemy, they will either drop money or an item or something like that. And it seemed like the two most that you, the, the two most common that you get is the, uh, it's like a fireball that you can shoot out in front of you or the tornado, which you, you also shoot out in front of you and just kind of glides across the floor. Um, I didn't, you know, the, the tornado is nice to, nice to have, but I didn't really find too many uses where I was like, oh man, you know, that was totally useful because for the most part, um, the the weapon I had would would generally kill everything in like a, a a hit or two, like I was never just like oh man I I really need something that that can take this thing out way quicker than what I can take it out with a regular weapon, uh, so like the tornado and the fireball it was nice to have but that that boomerang uh, that is like <laughs> that's that's the thing to have in this game and if you don't have it towards the end of the game it can be really rough. Well, it's the only ranged attack you have is those items. I mean, if you're the lizard man, your your sword becomes just spitting fire. And that's great and all, but otherwise the lizard man is useless and he can't do anything the other forms can do that you need them to do to get to the rest of the game. So other, after you get past lizard man, everything is just sword and shield. And, and so having the ability to, to have some projectiles, especially ones you can use over and over again, is wonderful. And it was something I don't know why it never clicked with me before, but I did it this time, and it was it made the only it's the only way I was able to beat the hard playthrough on this was because I had boomerangs. Otherwise, uh, and I'll get into that, but it's uh, it's definitely hard. I'll, I'll give it that. Um, so aside from all the things you can find and pick up, the actual game itself, the reason that this game to me is so memorable is that you do have these other forms. So as we said before, you can go several different directions, but the way you're supposed to go, you go to the beach to get the key, then you go back to the tower to unlock the tower, and go left. 
uh, at the top of the tower in that sand in the desert area, and that will take you eventually to some pyramids. Um, the pyramids themselves, I, I mean, that was uh, not not a hard area. I want to say by any means uh, to get through the pyramid, and that boss is the first time you run into the first boss, which is the mummy dragon. And and it's that point where you kind of realize the bosses in this game probably aren't going to be that uh, that difficult. No. They have they have some ex- extremely simple patterns. Yeah, and, and, and it seemed like and, the strategy for just about every boss was just jumping and hitting them in the head. I'm per- I'm pretty sure that was literally it for every single boss. Um, <laughs> I was I was kind of waiting for like uh, for all these bosses. I was like, oh man, this is gonna, this is going to be the one that gets crazy. And it, it never happened all the way up to the end. Uh, I think the bosses are by far the weakest point of this entire game. Every single one of them can be beaten the same way. They all, you know, they've all kind of got their their things that they can do. They're, you know, they're not just JJ and Jeffinit. Uh, I just create a new term, JJ and, and Jeffinit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, it's not just Macho Man in a, in a different outfit. Every single boss, it, they are literally uh, they they do their own thing, but you beat them all in the same way and. Uh, they're all very, very easy to beat. Uh, it's just a, it's just a matter of figuring out their their patterns, and if you've got the health and and the, you know, the abilities at all, you can take them down super easy. Yeah, and and that's going to be probably. I don't have a lot. I'll just. I don't have a lot of complaints about this game. Uh, this is the biggest one. Yeah, the, the bosses are a big, uh, big letdown. Once again, graphically. Uh, impressive whether you're playing with the uh, the 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 new graphics or or the old uh but yeah it's just a matter of you notice the pattern uh with with the health and a little bit of patience you'll get through them uh there's there's no denying that Uh, there's no trouble to be had with these bosses which is which is a little bit of a letdown In a way, I didn't mind it because to get to some of the bosses is kind of difficult. So I think getting, especially some of the, the later bosses, the, the trip there is so long that you're like, if I die to this boss, I may never beat this game. I may just come back another year and try again. But, uh, but it's nice that, that most of the bosses, once you get to them, unless you get to them with one heart and no idea what to do, you should probably be able to blow that boss away uh, yeah. until the very end. I think the last boss has a few more a few more moves that he makes a little more difficult randomness to him, but it's still the same idea. You jump up, you hit him in the head for every single boss. So after you beat the mummy boss, again, another curse flame shoots around the room and, uh, and eventually it hits you as a lizard man and it turns you from lizard man into mouse man. Mouse man is half the height of lizard man. He has a sword and shield, but mouse man's special ability is that he can climb on certain walls. There's a lot of walls that look like checkerboards almost, uh, that are all around the level. You see them all over the pyramid. And if you, walk against that wall or jump on the wall and push towards it, he'll, he'll cling to it and walk on it as if it was the regular ground. And there's a lot more areas that open up uh, from the main city that you couldn't get to before because there was a wall you couldn't get over. But you notice now, wait a minute, that wall is checkerboard. So now I can climb over it and get to this whole other area. Um, that's the kind of... I love Metroidvanias. It's hands, hands down my favorite style of game. And so to have one where... where the reason I can go to different areas is different transformations I'm in. I mean, this was, this was perfectly hitting all my buttons. It's wonderful. This is when my my interest in this game uh, 
doubled. Yeah, as soon I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know there were going to be different forms. Uh, you turned into the dragon for all I knew. You were going to remain or the lizard man or whatnot. And for all I knew, that's what you're going to stay as for the entirety of it. So as soon as you change forms and, and I learned, you know, there's a different mechanic with this character. I was I was intrigued. I, I, I couldn't wait to see what else might pop up. Uh, and we had talked about in the Vector Man episode. Uh, one of the best things about that was, you know, you could briefly uh, change forms, but that was something they didn't really quite explore enough. But this game, it gives you plenty of time uh, with each form. Uh, you have to play as them for a while, but but then it, you're able to switch at will, which I was very thankful for. Uh, but yeah, I, this is just this is what turned this game from something that I thought was decent into something I was then very excited to play. And and I'm I'm totally with Billy. Once you you know you start seeing these little things uh, as you're going along the game, you're just like, well, this is obviously something I can't get to right now. Um, and the game does a very good job of of being like, okay, this is this is what you need to get through with this power. You know, with the the checkerboard, you can obviously run on the sides or or up and upside down or whatever. Um, and and going along the game, uh, the further things that you can change into, you're just like, okay, well, I obviously see that these are the things that I can I can now access these these new areas of the game. Um, but I would I will say I think the mouse man, as far as like actually playing him, is my least favorite. Even more so than the uh, lizard man, because the mouse man is so tiny. He is just a little guy, and uh, that also um, goes for his his reach, as far as how far he can poke his sword out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just inches out in front of him. And this was a common complaint I had with the rest of the game. It seemed like um, there were a lot of times where I would run into the enemy more uh, more so than I would having the enemy hit me. And I don't know if this was just something of, of how the game, the, the controls were or what, but it seemed to happen almost constantly when I was uh, the mouse because he just had such a short range of attack. But still, you know, there's there's not too many times in the game where you're forced to play as, as the mouse. Um, he does seem to have a lot of exploration areas uh, where you really need to kind of uh, use him to, to access new areas of the game more so than I think the rest of the, the characters in the game. Uh, but he was, he was probably my least favorite uh, as far as just controlling him and getting him, getting around stages. Well, the, I mean, yes, his, his ability to cling on the walls is very, uh, at first it seems super cool, but it's a pretty narrow use because there's a lot of, most of the literaries don't use those, those special walls at all. So it's not like you'd even want to change back into the mouse to do something in those other areas, but the areas that are designed for the mouse, and there are some, uh, there's, there's a special sword you need that will um, create blocks. The only way to find that is as the mouse man. There's like a little tunnel you find in an area. But there's, uh, so the other transformations, instead of going through each area, because they're all basically the same style of area. I mean, they have a different graphical feel to each one, uh, but, but they're all, you know, side-scrolling Metroidvania 2D games um, to some extent, uh, with some backtracking. So the forms you get are uh, Mouse Man that we talked about, Piranha Man, whose special ability is he can swim uh, in the underwater sections, uh, which you have to actually go back to that beach you went to at the very beginning and then wander around that underwater section to find his uh, the, the, the ghost ship to fight the dragon down there, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, after Piranha Man, your Lion Man, his special ability is that he will swing his sword in such an arc that it can break uh, blocks above and below him, which is how you get to find his his uh, area is kind of underneath the city you start in. 
that you'd never be able to hit that with any other sword. And then you get Hawkman, who can fly, which, as always in every game, is the best possible option uh, to be a character that can fly anywhere you want to go. Uh, the downside to Hawkman is that water hurts him, unlike everybody else. So if you're, wa- if you're Hawkman, you can't go to the water section without uh, dying pretty quickly. But otherwise, Hawkman rules and, <laughs> and unlocks the rest of the game for you, including finding a whole bunch of other areas that you would never have found if you couldn't fly there. You can go back to the original castle that you, you fought at the very beginning uh, to find some legendary weapons. You can go uh, and find... Now, again, this is something that's only in the remaster, but there's a series of kind of challenge rooms, one for each form, and the Hawkman's needed to find about half of them. There, are, there are, uh, For example, in the... The volcano area, if you go all the way to the end of the volcano area, there's a little wall you can fly over that otherwise you'd never be able to get over. And that's got this challenge room uh, for the lizard man. So you just have to get from the start of the lizard, the, the, the challenge to the end. Sometimes you need a key, sometimes you don't. Uh, but it's more of a gauntlet style, like just a, a either a, a series of challenging jumps or a series of uh, an endless supply of, of really tough enemies. You get to the door at the end, you'll get a... a I think they call them the Dragon Stones, or if not, it's the something stones. In any case, there's six of them in the remaster. In the original game, those stones are all over the place. They're not just six of them. There's a lot of them. And you need to have so many of them to buy different things at different shops along with money. So they took hmm. that out of the remaster. It really doesn't hurt the pace of the game by any means because um, the stuff that, that you could buy before, uh, with the exception of one sword that you can buy in the remaster with those gems... Um, the rest of them, they just made things cost a little more money. And and money is pretty easy to come by. There's a lot of chests you can find in these areas. Uh, some of them will respawn every time you die uh, with new values of money in them. So if you find one of those and you go back to it every time you die, especially because you get to keep your money, you could effectively farm all the money you need to if you're patient enough uh, without having to kill things over and over again. So it, it I don't think it, removing those stones hurt the pace of the game at all. Um, but uh, so anyway, eventually you get to be Hawkman. You find the the best swords that you can get, and you go to the last area, which is, in my opinion, one of the best final area dungeons of of these kind of games because it makes you be everybody that you've already been. You don't have to be Lizard Man. You can start with Lizard Man if you want to, but you don't need to. But after that, you, there's a section you have to be the Mouse Man for, and then there's an underwater section, and then there's a, a section you need to be the Lion Man for, and then there's a section you need to be Hawkman for. And I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, it's, you, you kind of had to master everything in this long gauntlet style dungeon at the very end of the game yeah that was that was really nice uh you know that i don't think we've mentioned it you know but the difficulty in this game is uh it it stays fairly easy for the most part but then once you you start to get like a towards the end uh, especially with lion man uh, the difficulty in this game ramps up and in that last dungeon it is kind of over the top uh, it it really requires you to use each each one of those characters uh, in, in just in the best that you can use them because every single area for those characters are very difficult, uh, especially once you get to the Lion Man and and getting through those those screens. It, it's it's really something, uh, but yeah, it really makes you use uh, each one of those characters as, as as best as you can, and I you know that's one of the best things you can do in a Metroidvania style game that I don't think games uh, that do that these days do well. Uh, it's more about just getting the most, uh, the powerful things to, to get past areas and then forgetting the things that you had earlier in the game. But this one actually made you utilize everything that you had from the very beginning of the game and all the way up to what you had just, just you know, got. So I, th- I thought that was pretty awesome. It, and, and yeah, there's a big spike in difficult, but it's earned. 
I, I think it's it's earned, and it's not like some games where it's just easy throughout the whole thing, and then oh, you are ill-equipped because you didn't see this coming. I think it it gives you plenty of time to kind of get every character down, the the nuances of them, you know, the strengths, weaknesses, how to play as them, and then it just it it ramps it up on you and. Uh, allows you to apply what you have hopefully learned throughout the game. So yeah, it's 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 a big difficulty spike, and we've had, had games where we've complained about that before. But I think this is just the the best possible way of doing it. Well, it's definitely that part's where I realized, uh, and it wasn't this time I learned it as much, but I had to remember it. But you, if you don't change your items every time you change forms, you're going to be underpowered somehow. Either your sword's too weak, or you have a shield that doesn't work in that form, or your armor is only really good in this one form with this one shield. Like there's some actual pretty specific gear breakdowns you have to have to get through that last dungeon pretty effectively, or else it is, you know, extremely difficult if you get hit. It'll do a lot more damage. And then the Piranha Man's the one I always forget about. If you don't change to the right shield. Uh, almost all the shields for Piranha Man are useless except for the Legendary Shield and the Aqua Shield. So if you have anything else, you know, you could have the shield that gives the lion like the best defense, but as soon as you switch to Piranha Man, it's basically a piece of paper he holds in front of him, and, and all those projectiles in the end will just destroy you. So it, it's worth, it, it definitely makes it hard, but it's not totally unbeatable. Um, along with, with all the power-ups you get to your character, you do get the extra hearts. There's uh, You can get a total of eight hearts by the end of the game, which is a good supply. Uh, there are potions that you can find. You can keep a max of three at a time that will give you back a random amount of life. It's not completely random, but it, it's between like four and eight hearts. Sometimes it fully refills your bar. Sometimes it only gives you four. Uh, but it's still nice to have those. Uh, they're kind of hard to find. You can buy them in some shops, but they're very expensive. But basically, if you've been paying attention while you're playing this game, you can make sure every time you go to that last dungeon to run it, you've got those extra potions, you've got everything you need, and you should make a good run at it. Uh, and it and it still felt challenging. I mean, I've beaten this game many, many times. Uh, that getting to that last dungeon was still still kind of difficult. Um, and then and that again, that's the only boss that had any mechanic that was really difficult. And that's because he flies around and shoots fireballs enough that uh, uh, we didn't mention this. And I'm surprised because it's the my biggest complaint with this game is the knockback. The knockback when you get hit with an item, when you get hit by a monster or especially a projectile, it makes your character bounce around back and forth, especially if there's like three things around him getting hit. Now, it doesn't do damage to you over and over again, but you're literally just locked out of doing anything until the game decides your animation of being knocked around is finished. That's the only complaint I have about this game. And, and I'll, it, it was a one I can deal with, but that is... I, I almost when I, when I first got hit with that a couple times, I was like, I wonder if Jeremy and Billy are going to get mad about this because it's pretty irritating. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's irritating. Yeah, anytime there's there's knockback involved. But uh, it's just one thing uh, with these older games. I mean, you just have to fucking expect that. I mean, it's bullshit of the highest order. But, but, you, but you just come to expect it and, and you try to work around it the best you can. Yeah, I mean, yes, uh, definitely. Um the, the knockback is really weird. It's it's one of the stranger knockbacks in gaming. You know, if you if you ever think about knockbacks um, from the the eight bit area, you, you you probably think of, of Castlevania. You know, you you get hit, you you basically jump backwards, uh, and for the most part, you're jumping backwards into a pit where you fall down. Uh, the knockback in this game is really strange. Uh, you do kind of knock back, you know, into a jump, but uh, like Jeremy said, if if you continue to get hit. Uh, you continue to just get knocked back continually. 
uh, until you, uh, it, it, like you said, it finds a spot where you're not taking a hit anymore, and then suddenly you're you're good to go. There are definitely parts in this game where I was was getting hit and I had zero control over anything. I was just continually getting knocked back until the game decided I was in a spot where I was not going to get knocked back anymore. And and that was really frustrating. Um, that really wasn't the biggest control issue for me. My biggest control issue for this game was uh, when as you're moving forward in, in a uh, full forward sprint, just holding the button down, um, once you let off the, the forward button, he kind of, the, the, your character kind of has a slide forward uh, that, that just kind of, you, you don't stop immediately, but you kind of just move forward a, a few feet. And I think I probably took more hits in this game from enemies that I slid into uh, where they would hit me or something like that when I, when I just kind of stopped moving and slid into them than, than I, I did when they were actually trying to hit me. I don't know if that was just me or what, but I did figure out what the issue was. Um, it was because I was playing in the remaster mode because uh, the way they have re- they've redrawn these characters, they're, they're kind of a little bit fatter and bigger than what they are in the, the original mode. Their hitboxes are still basically the same, but if you play in the remaster mode, they're, they're, uh, the drawing, the actual drawing of the characters kind of go a bit over what they are in the original game. They're kind of skinny in the original game. Um, so when you're actually playing the original game and you do that slide, you you really kind of see you've got enough room to still hit this guy. But when you're playing in the remaster mode, you will. I, I found myself sliding into the enemies far more than I than than I did when I was actually playing the the original game. So I don't know if anybody else had any problem like that, but that was definitely something that that I found that when I when I played the the original the original graphics that that wasn't a problem for me. So like we said, we've been basically playing this on the uh, the remaster that came out, which is just called Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap. It's on. Uh, I'm playing it on PS4. I think you guys are both playing it on the Switch. Uh, I, I did, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm assuming that the emulation or you know the actual way it runs on both is fine. I think the PS4, I didn't run into that problem that you just mentioned, Jeremy, about the... Um, you know how you were having that, that that slide affecting you, but I honestly played this game mostly in classic graphics mode uh, because that's what I remembered and that's that's what I liked. I did look at the new graphics. Uh, what I really liked is that there's a a button that switches between both graphic styles and both music styles that literally just like wipes across the screen and turns you from those the the old eight bit graphics to the new graphics. So you can see that the game is literally laid on top of the old game. Like it's not like it's Oh, you know, I know how this this dungeon looked earlier, and we we changed where these platforms are. Nope, everything's exactly in the same spot. Sometimes the graphics, I mean, the, sometimes the backgrounds are way better on the remaster, where on the original game it's just a black wall, but it's still the exact same useful parts of the game. I thought that was really really cool, and and the best possible way to do a remaster. I mean, uh, I guess I was surprised there weren't more things changed. Like I said, they changed where those those stones are making them the bonus areas and uh and that's pretty much the only change i noticed from the get-go outside of you know new music and stuff but uh it, it's a pretty accurate remake uh but I, I can see why maybe if you hadn't played this before there could be some frustration in how it's laid out yeah and that's you know when you when you play uh, this this new modern take on it it's absolutely gorgeous it, it, it just this amazing hand-drawn art and animation it literally looks like it is a modern game. 
And that's what makes it so uh, just, it's kind of crazy when you start playing this kind of game, you know, that looks like just this amazing modern 2D game. And there's, there's these things that just, that should be in a modern game that isn't in a modern game. So if you don't know that this is a, uh, a remaster, what, would this be a remaster or a remake? What, what, what do we actually call this? I'm not even sure because I, I always forget what, what I would consider, you know, when you fully change a game or if you just kind of put out a new version of the same game. I mean, this is, this is almost an exact remake. I mean, yeah. a remake has to be it. It's a, it's a full remake, new graphics, new sound, but it's the same game. It's not the same kind of game. It's not, it's yeah. not a game based on how they remember this game being. It's the exact same game with new graphics, new sound overlaying the old gameplay. Yeah, and whatever it is, it, it just when if you're playing it for the first time and, and you've got that the the new graphics and everything like that, it looks like a modern game. Yeah. Uh, so it makes it that much more shocking when it doesn't have those things that a modern game would have, and just how obtuse some of this game actually is. And I think that's probably my biggest uh, you know criticism with, the, with this game is that. Maybe the uh, the remake or the remaster doesn't quite go as far enough uh, to to make this into the modern game that I want it to be. Eventually, I just kind of got over it not being that because you know it's it's obviously just a a strict uh, just graphic overlay of what the Sega Master System game originally was. It's not trying to be much more than that. You know, if if it had like a map system or just a map in the game to kind of show you different places where you haven't been or you, you know, the, the different uh, heroes or some, some like Metroid even, but it doesn't even have that. You know, there are definitely things in this game. That's just like, it's a holdover from that era. Uh, there are totally things that are just hidden, completely hidden in this game uh, that you would never, you would never know that was even there. If you didn't just randomly hit up on the D pad to open a door that was you totally hidden from view. Um, in the later part of the game, you know, we, we were talking about the legendary items, uh, the shield, you know, I, I went over there and I got the sword, the legendary sword and the legendary armor. And I was like, well, I must be missing a path in this castle to where this legendary shield is because both of those, the other ones were very easy to figure out. No, if, if you want to get the legendary shield, it's literally just a door that's hidden behind a, a, a graphic of the well uh, that you jump out of. And if you didn't know that was there, you would literally have no idea that you were supposed to press up on the D-pad and there was a door there. Uh, there there's just a lot of things here from, from 1989 that don't exist anymore in 2016. So I, I think that was, you know, it's not a critique against the game, really. It's just that I this game is so good. It's, it's so ahead of its time that if they would have really kind of put just a bit more into making this uh, more of a... A new game more so than just remaking the original, which I, I totally appreciate. That's what they did. But man, if they would have just kind of modernized this up a little bit, this would have been probably the best one of the best Metroidvania games I've ever played ever. I mean, as it is, I love it. But uh, there's just a few things here and there as far as like getting around, not having a map system and then just the the random things that you, that you can find. It's, it's just it kind of bums me out. Yeah, and and I've, I'm I'm right there. Throw a map on this. Uh, keep it obtuse if you want to. If you must, throw a map in it, uh, and you have pretty much a, a perfect game of this type. Uh, and yeah, it's got a lot of that, uh, a lot of just confusing the stuff that you wouldn't know 
uh, unless unless you read and you know back then good fucking luck but i mean, stuff I, I was having to look up a thing or two online as i played it this time uh and it's just something that that's kind of died down and thankfully so over the years that kind of obtuse just throw all the shit against the wall see what you know see what sticks but uh yeah i think uh that's one of the shortcomings uh the the boss lack of difficulty but still this is just a it's a tremendous game it's a, it's a great game uh and just a few tweaks here and there would have just made it just the perfect perfect metroidvania game yeah i'm glad they didn't make any major changes like i said i i i can see where you guys are coming from i mean and not having a map was even though i knew this didn't have one for some reason i expected one on the remaster and, and uh remake and, and it wasn't there and i was Kind of pleased, but I was also kind of surprised it wasn't there. But, uh, you know, I, I still think it's still one of my favorite games on my PS4 now. <laughs> so now I've bought this game in a third format, and uh, it's it's excellent. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you haven't played it at all, I think, uh, you know, both Billy and Jeremy hadn't played it before, and, and both, uh, I believe, I uh, think it's a well worth playing. So uh, definitely check it out. And uh, I, I do think, uh, I think it's .emu put out the remaster. Amazing job. Just great. As far as like the the games that, that Jer- Jeremy P has recommended on this podcast, um, in general, uh, the games that that we have had recommended on this podcast from all of us, I, I think this is actually my favorite game that I've never actually played. Uh, this was a a complete surprise. You know, if you tell me that there's a Sega a classic Sega Master System game that I need to play, I will probably raise my eyebrow a good mile off of my head, um, but. This is a legitimately good game. It is uh, so ahead of its time. And, you know, there's some stuff that doesn't quite hold up well uh, to this day. But I I still just loved playing through it. It, it, You know, it's just a a really, really great game. There you have it. Everybody recommends Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap. Uh, if you can't find a Sega Master System and want to drop the money for the game, thankfully there's a, you know, like we said, the remake is excellent. It's uh, basically the exact same game with, with minimal changes, uh, nothing that's going to make the game significantly easier or harder. Uh, so, I, again, we definitely recommend it. Uh, but next time we're going to go to, and this is probably my fault for playing all those Infocom games, uh, I want to, to take on another adventure game of that style, those those graphic adventures. There aren't too many of those on consoles uh, that we're looking at, at least. Uh, but one of the ones that I do remember never playing and wanting to was Uninvited for the Nintendo. Uh, I know it's a port of a Macintosh game, but I don't care about that. It's going to be the Nintendo version of the Uninvited uh, that we'll try for next uh, next episode. But Jeremy, I believe we have a listener question. Uh, we do actually. Uh, this was posted on our uh, uh, YouTube page, and this is from uh, Jake Barunda. Uh, he writes in saying, "Great channel, very entertaining." I was wondering if you have ever considered doing an episode on Neo Geo ports and all the various iterations on all of the different consoles, as well as comparing and contra- contrasting uh, them against one another. That's a big order. That's a big, that's a big, big order. I think if we had one game, like if we were going to talk about, you know, we talked about Metal Slug, the collection, uh, you know, we talked about it before. If, if there was, uh, 
you know, like Metal Slug 3, I know, has been on several different versions of, of the console. Uh, I would definitely like to compare those on a game-by-game -game basis. I'm okay with that. Uh, the difficulty for me here is uh, I don't have a Neo Geo, and I don't think I'll ever have a Neo Geo. I would love to have one, uh, but the chances of me actually getting a Neo Geo uh, fairly slim and continuing to be married. So there's no chance that that's happening. <laughs> I, I highly enjoy doing the, the you know, the Metal Slug uh, anthology. I mean, they but they made that simple, you know, to get hold of, but you know, I mean, uh, if, if we had ever had the means to do so on, on that kind of scale, uh, sure. I mean, that'd be fine. And as it stands now, the switch seems to be dead set on picking up every Neo Geo game ever. So <laughs> we will, we will see in the future, uh, once the entire library is released. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was something that I was fascinated. I'm still fascinated in, uh, but back in the day, uh, especially like 2d games it was it was fascinating to see the difference between uh different consoles and and how they ported those to see you know which uh which animation frames didn't make it over from from the arcade to the the playstation or or something like that uh, it, uh it, there were just so many different things uh, that you could compare and contrast but i think the biggest problem these days is just um getting a hold of those different uh yeah. versions i mean the Neo Geo is is still the home console is still incredibly expensive uh, along with the games and not even to mention the Neo Geo CD and uh, the different versions. So th that is a uh, it takes a good deal of money to maybe get a hold of those. And, you know, if you want to point to emulation, sometimes emulation isn't the best way to go about uh, comparing those games because a lot of emulators don't emulate them quite as the, the in the way that the the original console did. So, you know, I don't want to really hang my hat on something that was um, that that I'm seeing on an emulator because you, you just don't know. You don't, and YouTube is very quick to point out every fucking little thing that you might have missed or you were wrong about. So, um, it's definitely one of those things I would like to be sure about. But at the same time, it's very hard to get get a hold of all of those different versions of a game. But it's the same reason that I, you know, while I'd love to have a, an episode where we talk about the Virtual Boy, uh, if we don't all have Virtual Boys, that's not something <laughs> oh, you can talk man. about. You, you can't. Well, and, and uh, you know, I've, I've been pushing the uh, those Intellivision Dungeons & Dragons games. But again, unless you guys have the systems and the actual original controllers, uh, that's a big part of that game. So if you don't have yeah. the, the actual hardware for some of these things, uh, emulation's nice. It's good to, to, to see what games are like and, and you know, what, what things work you've missed out on possibly, but it's still not going to be the exact same experience as having the original controller and original console in front of you. And you know, and that's, that's why I can't get this tiger retrospective <laughs> under, underway yet. Uh, we, we just can't do an episode based off the emulated tiger handheld games. It's, it's just, I, I, I can't find three copies of, of, of the MC hammer tiger game. I've got to have you. I've got, I've got to have the tiger handheld that's shaped like MC hammer's head. Uh, to do an accurate portrayal <laughs> of what that game was. I'm going to be honest, Billy. I've actually looked for that game on eBay, and I cannot find it. So you may have found the only no, game I can't sure find Billy a copy was, like, of. like the only one that ever owned it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> once, once you have, you don't sell that. Once you have that, you, you enter into a lifelong bond with that game. You, you pass it you, down to your grandchildren. You take it upon yourself to mail it to each one of us so that we can we can play through it. And we will have us an episode based on MC Hammer for Tiger Handhelds. Well, I would love to do more Neo Geo, oh. but uh, we definitely have to have it more focused yeah. on, on a game. I, I don't know if I could do a, a bunch of games at once very effectively, unless they're all a series. 
having the same episode where we talk about you know King of Monsters and uh, and baseball stars or whatever the baseball game was on that. I, I think that would be difficult to handle. I, I'd rather just do these a game at a time, and then if we can compare them at that point, great. I'm I'm all down for that. I mean, yeah, there's there's a ton of Neo Geo games that I would you know love to do, but um, I think the the biggest problem with a lot of Neo Geo games is like they were made to be arcade games. You know, these were made to be very very short. Uh, two three minute long uh, games and it, it can kind of be hard to um, to discuss those for an hour um, especially some of those earlier Neo Geo games but I, I definitely do want to do more Neo Geo games because I love love that console well it's going to have to wait at least one more episode because as I said before next episode will be on uninvited for the uh, NES clearly not a Neo Geo classic uh, but one I'm looking forward to trying, and uh, and I would like to say if we can make the request to each other to keep track of how far we get before we give in and look up hints online. I think that, <laughs> that we at least owe ourselves that uh, to make the conversation an even playing field. Uh, but until then, please check us out on Retrovania.net, uh, again on Facebook at Retrovania.net, on Twitter at Retrovania.net, on Instagram. Are we on Instagram? I don't even know. Probably did you, not. Did you ever make it on Instagram? I don't know. I think... I I think I was supposed let's to, so let's take did. that back. Know. If if you find it at Retrovania on Instagram, chances are it's not us. So let them know <laughs> about how great Retrovania is. And we will see you next time. For the outro this week, here is the town theme in both classic version and the remastered version. Switch back and forth a couple times. Enjoy. 